0: Hey everyone, this is the Actors Diet Podcast, I'm Lynn Chen, and today my guest is Daisy Egan. Now, Daisy and I are meeting for the first time right now, but, Daisy, I think you and I actually might have met before, you probably don't know this, because why would you? Um, (laughs) Were you at any time with Abrams?
1: I was. Did you have a dog? Um, I
0: did. Well, I think... Once when we were at Abrams which is an agency in Los Angeles. <laughs> I think we were both going to wait uh for a voiceover audition. Sure. And I watched your dog.
1: Oh my while gosh, you wow.
0: Went in to go record.
1: Well, I'm I'm so glad she didn't uh attack you because it turned out she was really sort of a horrible vicious dog. Oh, that's oh. not good. I'm so sorry. I mean she to wasn't a horrible dog. She was just <laughs> Uh, she had been abused and we had rescued her and we were, we were so in over our heads with that dog. Um, but thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Well, I'm glad that that was you. I think I remember because you asked me to watch your dog and I was like, is that?" Daisy Egan? (laughs) Am I watching Daisy Egan's dog right now? So um, just a little backstory for those of you who don't know who Daisy Egan is. Daisy, you are a very big deal to a lot of people uh, who are Broadway stars just because you are the youngest recipient of the Tony Award for The Secret Garden. Mm -hmm. So you meant a lot to me as a child actor. And um, I was watching Girls recently, and there you were playing hannah in the alternate universe of hannah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i got so excited and just looked you up and was like there's daisy egan (laughs) get her on the podcast and here you are oh i'm so glad so here we are daisy um well let's go back to the secret garden days shall we sure um when you were doing that i'd Mm -hmm. love to know since this is a food podcast what your Mm -hmm. relationship with food was back then
1: Uh, well, my mom was a self-trained, like in the, you know, in the sort of Julia Child school of, um, of cooking. She was a self-trained cook, um, you know, so it was a lot of like cream bases and butter and, and, you know, everything was very rich and, um, so that's what I grew up, uh, in um, that's what I grew up on. We, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, but the money that we did have was all spent on food. Um, you know, and it was really important to my family that we sit down together as a family, um, for dinner every night. Um, so, you know, let's see. Um,
0: how are you sitting down to dinner when you were
1: on Broadway? <laughs> well, I guess at that point I wasn't, but but certainly before then and and after then and on my days off. I had a I had a couple nights off. Um so I think we would make sure that we were together. Um I guess I must have to be honest. I'm not sure I remember. I mean, I guess I must have eaten out all the time because I went to school in Midtown. And then I went, because we lived in Brooklyn, so I went right from the theater, or right from school to the theater. So I I must have eaten out or, or, you know, brought things into the theater. Um, we, had, uh, we had bake sales at the show. We had a cookbook, actually. The show, like, everybody in the cast contributed, and the crew, I think, too, contributed recipes. And we put together a Secret Garden cookbook. Um... And this was like in the early days of like Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. So we would, you know, we would do these sort of um, like bake sales for, for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. And, you know, my mom would make these uh, cookies that she called aggression cookies, which are basically like, a, you know, a pound of, of brown sugar and a pound of butter and, you know, and a pound of oatmeal and you just mash it all together um, and they're delicious and they basically just t- taste like brown sugar. <laughs> um, and somebody else, somebody else's mom was straight from Scotland and she made like real actual, um, like Scottish shortbread. And, um, so I guess there was, yeah, there was quite a bit of like n- nibbling and, and treats happening sort of all the t- all the time.
0: Going back to this cookbook a little bit,
1: do you oh. still own it or have it? I'm sure that I do. Um, it's, it's either at my dad's house in Brooklyn or it's in storage somewhere. But I, I know I've come across it like in the last ten years or so. Gosh, time goes fast.
0: I'm gonna look it up to see.
1: <laughs> okay, I don't know if, if I, I can know find if it. ever made it anywhere. And of course, this was like long before the internet days.
0: I know that's uh, so. It's so. Um, cur- that's what people would totally do these days. You guys were ahead yes. of your time.
1: Yes, we absolutely were.
0: <laughs> there were no blogs to put up the secret garden recipes.
1: No, we then. would have we would have sold it online if, if we could have.
0: Did you eat any food on on that um stage? Do you remember?
1: N- no, I did not. Um there was a in the in my first scene with Martha, um, you know, she brings in my breakfast and I, I uncover, you know, there's like a cloche and I uncover it and it's just disgusting, whatever it is. And I think they just made it sort of like a goopy, you know, it's supposed to be like porridge, whatever that horrible English, like, you know, oatmeal, whatever that is. Sludge. Um, And they they did make it so that I could pick it up with my spoon and sort of, you know, glop it off the spoon in in horror. Um, But no, I didn't have to eat. Didn't have to eat anything. We had I had um, cookies that I had to throw, which were made of cardboard and uh, brown tape. <laughs> the height of technology. Um, so yeah, that's funny that they didn't yeah. use real cookies. Well, I think they were concerned that uh, they would crumble all over the place because I, I really did have to throw them uh, top speed. So. <laughs>
0: So uh, around that time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a little bit maybe even before, what were your, some of your favorite foods?
1: Well, like I said, my my mom was a a really terrific cook. Um, and she had, I, you know, looking back, I think she had like sort of uh, a round of staple recipes that she would make, roast chicken and um, various kinds of stews and, She made a thing called roasty potatoes, which is a, I think it's Swedish. And it's basically just a hash brown, a giant hash brown cake. Like in a, you make it in a skillet um, and bake it. And I've actually looked up the recipe. It's not easy. Oh. Um, You know, probably because you have to squeeze out all that liquid from the potatoes. Right. Like making um, uh, latkes. Right. Or, or even hash browns. Yeah. You have to squeeze it out. And then I think you've got to probably roll the, the potato, like dust them or whatever it is. But man, I love that. And she would cut it into like, you know, like pie slices almost. And it was like our little starch on the side. Um, I always, oh, and she would make a roast chicken and then we would have a, a homemade, you know, a pot pie with the leftovers. Um, that she would, you know, everything was made from scratch. So the pot pie was always, she would make, she would do the cream chicken herself. And, um, although, although I will say she did use Bisquick topping. Um, and when I started making it in my twenties, I told my dad that I felt guilty because I was using Bisquick and I was cheating. And he told me that mom used Bisquick as well. So I felt much better about myself. (laughs) Ah. Um, and you know, and when we would like the, the few times that we would go out to eat, I always, for some reason, I always ordered filet mignon. Um, but you know, because I thought it was like the fanciest thing. We went to Mexico. I think it was one of the only like real family vacations we ever took. And we drove my parents insane. Cause we ordered every night we ordered filet mignon and Shirley temples in Mexico and they were just livid. Um, <laughs> but you know, we thought we were being fancy. <laughs> How did you order that filet mignon? Um, oh, probably medium rare would be my guess. Wow, you're such a little foodie. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, you know, my mother taught my mother taught me well. She was all about manners and table manners and proper etiquette and um, oh, artichokes. I loved eating artichokes. She also made this um She made this incredible really simple tomato sauce uh, out of like we had you know, she grew tomatoes in our backyard and we had it was vine ripened tomatoes coarsely chopped with like a ton of garlic oil and basil and you just sort of leave it out to macerate and then you make the pasta the pasta's nice and hot and you put it on the sauce oh god it's so good that does sound good yeah Delicious would you say that you have inherited
0: your mother's style of cooking or love of food or have you strayed from that and gone the bisquick quick um, way
1: <laughs> no I definitely um I definitely do love to cook um I have you know my sensibility about food and eating is that you know you make food you make dinner because it's just it's just what you do you know a lot of people that i know especially in new york and los angeles they they order in all the time or they eat you know like trader joe's whatever ready made stuff and and it's it's sort of a foreign concept to me i get it if you're you know in a hurry but i think it's really important to know how to make yourself food um and i and i love doing it i think the big difference between my mother and me is that she she adhered to recipes religiously. Um, I mean, we, you know, her cookbooks that we have, they're, some pages are just obviously used over and over and over again, and it didn't seem to matter how many times she made something. She would always use a recipe <clears throat> in my memory of it, um, even though I'm sure she didn't need to eventually. Um, and there are some things that I'll, you know, I'll always go to a recipe for, but I, I think I'm a little more adventurous than she was um in terms of of experimenting and and you know sort of just imagining what flavors might go together and <clears throat> coming up with something to to make with those flavors i think i'm i ventured out a little farther than she did how did you learn to cook how did i learn um i learned by watching my mom uh you know my my memories of her in the kitchen are me doing my homework at the table and her listening to All Things Considered and, uh, and making dinner and <clears throat> drinking small little glasses of wine, um, probably to tell herself she wasn't <laughs> drinking so much. Huh. Um, and I think I just learned by watching. And I remember she got me a cookbook when I was quite young, eight, nine years old, Um, that was like a cookbook for kids and I would make, you know, I'd make my, my family dinner. Whoa. Yeah. Using that. Um, do you remember one of the the first things you made? (laughs) I started experimenting with making a dough, like a really simple, I, I guess it must sort of be like just a cracker dough. I don't, it certainly didn't have any yeast in it. I think it was like, you know, flour and water, butter oil, I don't know. And I would make <clears throat> homemade pizzas on the, on those. And those are actually pretty successful. Although who knows, maybe after I went to bed, they all, you know, actually sat down and ate re- real food. Um, and I remember in the cookbook, there was a recipe for like, like little individual meatloafs that you make in a in a muffin tray. And I, I made that a few times. Um, those are the two things that I'm mostly remember making i i remember helping my mom make a roast chicken when i was very young and she was you know she was very uh proud of me for helping her with that um and then you know once i sort of moved out on my own um again like it, it wasn't it never occurred to me to not cook um so i think i just you know followed recipes and figured out how to do it and, um, and sort of went from there. So it's a combination of learning from my, I think getting the sensibility from my mom, um, and then sort of, you know, teaching myself from there.
0: Has your cooking style changed throughout your adulthood?
1: Um, I think I've gotten, well, I think I've gotten more efficient, (laughs) um, my, my son's father and I, he's also a really good cook. Um, and he's all about mise en place, like, you know, have, have everything exactly where you need it and know where everything is. And I'm a little more chaotic, um, just in general and also in the kitchen. Um, so I, you know, I think I've gotten a little better about, you know, being organized and thinking ahead of time. I spent a lot of my cooking years in my twenties, like, forgetting to put the rice on or, or, you know, just misjudging the time and, and one dish would be ready long before the other one was ready. Um, and I think I've gotten better about that. Um, and, and yeah, I think I, like I said, I think I've gotten more, more adventurous and I've, I've been able to sort of think about a flavor and, and imagine, you know, imagine a dish just based on that, um, rather than, looking in a looking in a cookbook also the internet the internet helps because you know you can you can literally put into google like i have coconut milk and you know limes and a and a piece of scrod and some potatoes and then something will come up with a recipe um i love that you said scrod I,
0: I don't know. Why, why that's the thing that came to mind. We're opinion. always looking up how to make scrod. Aren't we though? Aren't we? <laughs> Do you have any go-to sites or cookbooks that are your favorites?
1: Um, I honestly I still use The Joy of Cooking um all the time. That's that's sort of my go-to and best recipe I really love. Um and then for sites, you know, it's I mean, I usually end up at like food uh, food TV or FoodChannel.com. Um, I tend to go, I tend to look at recipes that are, you know, highly rated, um, Epicurious. I like that one. Um, there's not a lot of like food blogs that I follow. When I was trying to learn how to make Ethiopian food, I was looking at some, some blogs. Um, if it's something, if it's something like out of the ordinary like that, then, yeah, I'll, I'll look up, like, a blog. But usually it's sort of a generic, you know, cooking site, food site type thing.
0: Do you ever watch cooking shows on Food Network, that sort of thing? I do.
1: Yeah, I do. I – um, uh, we, we got into Chopped for a while um, just because we – I mean, I you know, I know that it's sort of corny and, and um, a little fakey, but there's something – There's something we really like or I really like about that idea of like, here's what's in your pantry, figure it out. Um, My dad always says that that's like, you know, pioneer cooking, like you, you, if you can't go to the grocery store uh, and you have to figure out what to make with what you have. So I sort of like that with, um, with Chopped. Um, I liked Iron Chef for a long time. I liked the original, like the one from Japan, which used to be on like late nights on just regular TV. Yeah. Um, That one was so much fun. Uh, And
0: Do you think uh, you're a good enough cook to be able to compete in one of those things if asked? uh,
1: No, (laughs) I don't. Really? Uh, I doubt it. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't have great skills, you know, and I'm certainly I don't think I'd be good under under a time limit. Do you um, feel
0: like you cook the same things over and over usually?
1: Um well, now that I have a a child, I do, you know, we do have our staples that we that we sort of rely on. Um if I have more time, then then I'll then I'll branch out more. Um But yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of like Chicken and vegetables and um, tacos and I'm a big fan of like stews and casseroles because they're super easy Um, and like crock pot cooking is is awesome. Um, Give me a
0: give me a standard casserole. I'm obsessed with casseroles right now.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Um, Because they're
0: so pretty when you bring them out and they're bubbling.
1: Yes. Um. Gosh. Well, there's a. I actually have been making chicken chili recently, which is so easy and yummy and delicious. And I don't know if that's technically a casserole, but um, what, what is the definition of casserole? I've heard
0: if it has like cream of mushroom soup, <laughs> it's a casserole. <laughs> but, um, but I think there's plenty of things. Because I mean, some people could consider mac and cheese a casserole. Maybe if it has cheese.
1: When you pulled it when you say like pull it out of the oven and it's all bubbly, that's the first thing I thought was my mom's mac and cheese, which was all like, you know, homemade bechamel and like four different kinds of cheese and um but and now that I'm thinking of like cream of mushroom soup, I'm thinking
0: I feel like it has to come together first of all, it has to be served in a casserole dish, right
1: but then sure, it, sure. it like
0: has to like come together it has to be like some sort of thing that happens in the oven that makes it magic that makes it like congeal or stick together or and form the casserole, otherwise right. it's just like heated up food in a plate
1: right <laughs> i mean i would i would I would fall back on like a a really good chicken pot pie honestly um. Mm. Uh, I just, I I love, I love chicken pot pie. I love a pot pie. I mean, I love, I love food that's wrapped in dough. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I love empanadas and dumplings and pierogies. And, you know, if you put food in dough, I will, I will generally eat it. Um, so yeah, a, a pot pie is, is, but I'm thinking like you could do like a, like a Southwestern Chicken pot pie, or like a turkey tetrazzini type. Oh, my God. I'm just remembering that I had a dream last night that I made a chicken tetrazzini. That's intense. <laughs> <laughs> um, in your dream. You're dreaming uh, about okay. casseroles. Oh, man. Um, But, yeah, if you did, like, some, like, pickled jalapenos in there and some corn and black beans and some like, you know, creamed chicken or creamed turkey and yellow rice. Ooh, yeah. That sounds mm-hmm. really good.
0: Like and I'm this. in Seattle
1: right now, so it's really rainy and that's like great rainy day food, you know. Yeah, let's talk about Seattle a little bit. Well, I'm here now because I'm doing um <laughs> I'm doing Secret Garden again. Oh my god, you um, are? Yeah,
0: how funny. Question. Are they throwing cardboard cookies?
1: They are I don't know if they're cardboard. I think they're styrofoam this time. Okay, continue. Um, but there's there's certainly pastry throwing happening. <laughs> um. Uh. So back in 2016, I guess that was just last year. Um. There was a concert uh, of Secret Garden as part of Manhattan Concert Productions at Lincoln Center, that I basically like campaigned to be cast in. Um, and after that happened, uh, they contacted me about this co-production that was happening with, um, Shakespeare Theater Company in DC and Fifth Ave here in Seattle. Um, and Marcia, Norman and Lucy Simon, the, the writers were, are, um, fully involved and they're doing lots and lots of rewrites. And I thought, I mean, A, I love, to work, working is, is nice. Um, and getting a paycheck is great. Um, but then also to have the opportunity to work with those women again was, um, very appealing and, you know, and that experience of doing secret garden as a, as a kid was seminal, you know, so, so I, I was happy to, to come on board. Um, so this is the second leg leg of that co-production, which is now sort of um, grown. And there are, I think, some other regional dates that they're looking at. And then they're hoping to bring it into New York. Um, not this coming fall, but I think the following fall, 2019. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we just we've been in Seattle now for about only about three weeks, um but we'll probably be staying through the summer because uh, my son's father's family he he's actually from here um and so we might be staying uh with his family for the summer just for a little sort of break kind of thing.
0: Where is your home base
1: uh New York
0: okay, so yeah. now that you're like a little bit of a i guess like a, a nomad um, uh. Uh-huh. What is that, what's that like for you? What is, like, food-wise, like, how does that affect what you're eating? Have you, or does it?
1: Um, that's an interesting question. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways, everything's become very homogenized. Um, I remember listening to an interview with some band from, like, England, and they went on a a European tour, like, in a van. And they were saying that, that the beautiful thing about Europe is that, you know, you can drive five hours and everything is different. You know, the food is different, the cheese is different, the wine is different. And here it's everything is, is the same, you know. And what I find myself doing as I travel is really working to um, try, try to eat local. Um, and find places that aren't massive chains um, you know so that I so that I'm try I'm trying to experience the actual place um, rather than like the mall you know the mall version of the place um, when I moved back to New York uh, in 2015 it was such a different place than it was when I left I had been gone for 13, almost 13 years, um, in LA. And it just has become, uh, I like to say that New York City is now sort of like, like the Americana mall in Glendale. (laughs) Um, but like, but like a little dirtier, you know, um, it's like T-Mobile stores and, and, and cupcake shops and, I don't know Citibanks, you know that's and Dwayne Reed's. Like it's everything is everything is the same, and um, I feel like a lot of what made New York, New York, is gone. And I I I I recognize that I sound like you know a cranky old old person, but but it's true. It's not the same New York, and certainly we're glad that we're not like in the crack e- epidemic anymore, or like you know that you can walk down the street. At night and not really be scared of getting mugged, but but a lot of the flavor is gone um, from the city, and so my relationship with food once I got back to New York um, has been different. It's uh, it's really expensive um, to to certainly to eat out. You know, when I was a teenager, we would we would go to diners all the time. There were always diners, um, everywhere. There was a diner, you know, and you get like your eggs and your French fries and you sit there and you drink coffee and you, you know, annoy the waiters cause you're there for like five hours. Um, but all the diners are gone and everything's now like an eatery. Yes. <laughs> or, or a gastro pub. Um, and sometimes really all you want is a plate of greasy eggs and fries. Um, <clears throat> And you know, and I'll say that it that coming here and being in d c it's comforting it is comforting to have a place like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods where you know you can be relatively assured that like the the meat that says that it's humane is probably humane, you know um and that and that things are sourced the way they're labeled um, which is nice, although I do try to find like local butcheries, which even that is doesn't really exist anymore. And if it does, it's very expensive. Um, How into
0: you are about, you know, eating locally, sustainably, organically? How important is that to you? uh,
1: It's really important. I think health wise, it's important um, to eat organic, especially, you know, with my with my son, I really want to be careful about what I mean, we're not insane about it. Um, like today we're probably going to go to Baskin Robbins after school. (laughs) Um, you know, we certainly indulge in lots of, of fun treats, but when it comes to like food, we really try to be, um, conscientious, um, and, and shop local and try to get things that are sourced locally, both for health reasons and also for the health of the planet. And the, you know, in the country. And I I think that this model of like having your food shipped from God knows where is, is unsustainable and is going to, um, destroy us if we keep doing it. So I, and I remember years ago, I knew somebody who was, who was like very researched on like peak oil and he was all about, you know, we're going to have to go back to these hyper localized communities where, What is nearby is what you have. Um, And I think in a lot of ways that's happening with the slow food movement and the, you know, local shop, local movement and all of that, um, recognizing that when you're eating fruit that comes from, you know, Guatemala, all of the resources that it took for that fruit to get here, um, you know, it's just something to think about. Um, and I, and I, uh, I think about, you know, the condition of the, of the workers that are picking the food that ends up on our table. And I try to, um, educate my son about, about those kinds of things. My mom was very much into, um, farm workers rights. When we were growing up, we were always boycotting something, lettuce or, um, grapes, um, Nestle, we never ate Nestle products, and I usually avoid Nestle products to this day. Um, and you know, I, I think it's funny. You know, I go to Whole Foods and I see these labels on the food about like the animal welfare, and I always think it's funny we we care more about the welfare of the animals than we do of the people that are working on those farms. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what it would be like if the sign said like told us about those conditions. Um, if we'd be so quick to, to buy tomatoes in the middle of February, um, or what, or whatever it is, even if it's from California, you know, the, the condition of the, the, those kinds of conditions are sort of always in my mind when I'm cooking and eating. And I, I do just try to be as, as careful as I can while also, you know, under pretty tight budget.
0: Is there any types of foods that you
1: don't eat or don't like? Um, I don't eat, I, we don't eat a ton of red meat. Um, I certainly don't eat veal or lamb, just mostly just cause like the whole baby animal thing <laughs> just sort of creeps me out. Um, I don't eat like mass farmed, you know, I don't eat Purdue or Tyson. Um, I, it's hilarious to me that, that like Campbell's is now proudly advertising that their chickens don't have anti, you know, are never given antibiotics. I'm like, God, that, that should just be a bare minimum, you know? Yeah. Our food doesn't have horrible drugs in it. Well, great. (laughs) (laughs) Hope not. Um, uh. You know, and again, like I, 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 yeah, I try to, I try to eat locally. I don't eat, uh, I don't eat gelatin um, products usually. Um, I try not to eat things with palm oil in them because I just found out about the the orangutans and and the palm oil industry. I don't know. I don't even know what that is, but I'm going to have to Google that. God. Um, it's that whole thing of like ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? The more, you know, about what's going on in the world, the less you want to be like engaged. Um, so yeah. And, and, and there's a, there is a certain amount of like, you know, putting my fingers in my ears and, and closing my eyes and going la la la. You know, if, if, if a company advertises that they're, that they're that they treat their animals humanely, I just sort of take it on faith, you know, that they do. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Apple Applegate Farms, their products—they say that they treat their animals humanely—and I'm just sort of hoping that that they're being honest. Um, though, if if it's certified, you know, I'm I'm more comfortable. Um, having
0: but yeah, grown, yeah. I was going to ask, having grown up in the entertainment industry, I'm just wondering what if you ever felt like food had to become the enemy at a certain point, just in terms of body
1: image and looking a certain way. I have not. Um, I have not fallen into that trap. And I, I think in some ways I'm fortunate in that I'm not like a, you know, I'm not the leading lady type. Um, so i i've never really had to worry i mean maybe if i were maybe if i'd been skinnier i would have worked more when i lived in los angeles but it for whatever reason that was that wasn't motivation enough
0: and you um, were never told that you needed to
1: i was told i had i had a, one manager in particular tell me um that i really needed to to drop weight and, and i had I had quit the business for four years and worked at a a university and I'd gained probably 20 pounds without, without realizing it. And I'm short, you know, I'm five one. So that, um, is noticeable. Um, and so when I got back in, you know, my manager was like, all right, well, you gotta, you gotta drop that weight. And then when I had my son, that's when I was conscious of it was losing the, the quote unquote baby weight, which in retrospect, I'm, I'm really unhappy that I'm not proud of that. Um, I, I, that is the one time in my life I think that I started to really worry about it. Um, because I, I felt like it was so important to get skinny again that I ended up, like five months after my son was born, my, my milk supply dropped because I I wasn't eating as well as I should have been, Mm -hmm. um, so that I could lose the weight. And I think that that's just awful. Um, but other than that, um, I'm, you know, in some ways I'm lucky. I, I can, I can eat Relatively freely, without worrying too much. Uh, but I'm also never going to be a stick figure, so so I just I just don't worry. And 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 I'm hoping, knock on wood, that we've gotten to a place in this industry where that matters a little less than it than it did even five ten years ago. I think we're getting there. I really I think do. So. Yeah. It's- I mean, you see a lot more diversity in in body type. Than you did, um, absolutely.
0: Witness girls.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that, and I think that for for all of the complaints that people might have about um, about girls and and even Lena Dunham, I think that that the work that she does in the area of of um, you know being body positive is really important, and and showing women's bodies for what they are as just a human body and not just an object, um, for sex, uh, I think is, is vital. And, you know, my sister, my older sister went to LaGuardia and she was a ballerina and they had her counting her calories and she, you know, she was also very small. Um, and I think I saw that and just thought, I don't, I don't, want to be a part of that and I had a roommate in LA for a while who who was bulimic and I just it nothing is worth that to me
0: That's great. I'm I'm glad to hear that 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 was not an issue for you.
1: Yeah. Um food, food is too important. <laughs> to well, me.
0: you were also yeah, instilled at a very young age with I think a very healthy relationship with food. Mhm. So uh, you're lucky. And um, your son is lucky. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, going uh, yeah. back to girls for a second, I'm <laughs> so curious about the craft service. <laughs> this is like, uh, I always like, I'm so curious about craft service on shows that I watch.
1: That's so funny. Um, Gosh. It was, uh, it was pretty nice. There was, you know, there was like their snack table that had like, you know, your basic crudite and the pretzels with, peanut butter and, um, lots of different kinds of like candy and nuts and fruit, uh, actually some really good fruit now that I'm thinking of it. Um, and the, the lunch, I think I was only on set one day during, during mealtime and they had a carving station. Whoa. Yeah. It was nice. It was uh it was not too shabby, I will say that.
0: Do you have like a go to um breakfast or like you know, like when you're sitting in the
1: makeup chair and they're like, Can I bring you breakfast? Do you have a go to order? Um, well, when I was younger it was it was definitely a breakfast burrito. Huh. Um I love a hash brown, which probably goes back to that. Roasty potatoes that my mom made I really love a hash brown Um, I love a You know a breakfast sandwich Egg and cheese on a roll Um, Like the kind that you That you could get at like bodegas in New York You know um, That are hard to find these days Um, But yeah that kind of thing Egg and cheese on a roll But you know it's also (laughs) When you're sitting in the makeup trailer with the regulars on the show and they're eating their, like, you know, I don't know, apple and yogurt, you you do get a little self-conscious of the order like, you know, can I have a plate of fat with some carbs on the side, please? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the breakfast burrito is like the, it's like the, that's when you know that you've that you're on a TV set is that you can go order the breakfast burrito from the food cart, like before the sun has even come up.
0: There is something Um, nice about it.
1: Yeah. Um. (laughs) Definitely. Um,
0: Before we finish up. um, Mm -hmm. So where can people find you? And also just give us a little bit more detail about um, how people can see you in the secret garden.
1: Sure. Um, Well, The Secret Garden, let's see. I think we open on April 20th, and it's a very limited run. It'll be uh, at the Fifth Ave Theater in Seattle, April 20th through, I think, May 6th. I don't know if there's any room in there to extend. We haven't heard. Um, Previews, I think, start on the 14th or the 16th. Gosh, shows how much I pay attention. Um, I basically look at my call time, and that's it, and I just show up where they tell me to show up um but it, i think you go to the fifth ave theater.org um or just google secret garden fifth ave theater um i have a website daisyegan.com uh it's not the best website in the world cuz i'm lazy um and i always forget to update it um every like basically everywhere on social media i'm daisy egan uh and all you need to remember is that it's e a g a n um and daisy like the flower but instagram twitter uh, what else is there? Pinterest? No, I can't, you know. <laughs> who has time? <laughs> I don't know. The whole, the whole Pinterest. I'll look at Pinterest for things like cheese plates. And there uh, are a lot of cheese plates oh, on Pinterest. Yeah. That is for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I, I love a cheese plate. Oof. Um. Uh. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of that. I'm in that age bracket where like the internet I just I think I just missed the I like it and I spend a lot of time on the internet but I'm just not very well versed in it I wanted to get in touch with like an old uh, acquaintance of mine and I told my friend I was going to email him and she was like ew how old are you (laughs) I was like what do you mean how old am I it's email she's like no you, you reach him through Instagram and I'm like okay I don't even know what that means So (laughs) if he's not on email, I guess we won't reconnect. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that we connected, Daisy. So I'm glad that you do have a website. (laughs) Me too. Thanks again for doing this. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure.